0: Hey, Torah Time listeners, it's Mara and Ravi. One year ago, we made a whole season of episodes on the Book of Braysheet. Now that the Torah cycle has started again, we're right back at the beginning of the Torah. You know what, Ima? The parsha jokes still make me laugh. So as you listen to this episode, either again or for the very first time, think about where you were one year ago today. What's changed now that you're one year older and one year wiser? Come on, let's get to the episode. Happy listening and happy learning. Hi
1: there, I'm Ravi. And I'm Mara. Thanks for joining us today on Torah Time. We love learning Torah together and we're excited to learn with you. Knock, knock. Who's there? Justice.
0: Justice who? Knock, knock. Who's there? What do you
1: mean, who's there? I just told you, it's just us.
0: That was a pretty good joke, right, Ema? I'll be the judge of that. And on the subject of judges and judgments, let's listen to Avraham and God's conversation about justice in Parashat Vayera. At the beginning of Parashat Vayera, Avraham welcomes three strangers into his home. Avraham was sitting outside his tent in the heat of the day when he saw three people approaching. He ran outside to greet them and asked them to stop and rest. He and his wife Sarah gave the strangers food and drinks and a place to rest. Even though Avraham and Sarah were very old and had never had children, the strangers told them that by next year they would have a baby. The strangers left and headed towards the city of Sodom. That's when God revealed to Avraham that the cities of Sodom and Amorah were in trouble. Their people had grown wicked, and so God had decided to destroy them. Instead of accepting what God said, Avraham started a conversation with God, making an argument like a lawyer might argue before a judge. Avraham asked, What if there are good people living in Sodom and Amorah? Would God still destroy the cities? We're going to hear the words of the Torah now. It's okay if you don't understand them all. Just close your eyes and listen. Unless you're pouring a glass
1: of water for a thirsty visitor, then better keep your eyes open and try not to spill.
0: Ready? We're in the middle of the second Aliyah. Chalilalecha <laughs> me'asot kadavar hazeh. Rasha, karasha. Alach, kol haaretz, lo Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the innocent together with the guilty, so that innocent and guilty are treated the same way. Far be it from you. Shall the judge of all the earth not do justice? So Ravi, how do you understand that pasuk? So it's kind of saying like, are you actually going to kill the innocent even if they didn't do anything? Right. Is everyone going to get blamed for just some people making the wrong choices or doing the wrong things?
1: Yes, but also
0: they shouldn't. They shouldn't, right? They
1: are going to, but they shouldn't. Well, we we know what happens we know.
0: a little bit later. <gasps> Although
1: some people do survive. Who survives? Lo, his wife and his kids. Uh-huh. But then his wife gets turned to a pillar of salt.
0: Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> <laughs> Let's back up a little bit and and set the stage here, right? Because Avraham finds out that the that God is about to destroy these cities because of wicked things that are that are happening. Does that remind you of anything else that we learned about recently?
1: Yeah. When God's gonna destroy the earth because people are being very wicked.
0: Back in Parshat Noach, right? But this is going to have a different outcome.
1: Yeah, because it's not—because God made the promise not to destroy the world again. So God technically isn't breaking God's promise because it's only two cities. So
0: God isn't breaking God's promise. Exactly. And Avram's not just going to let this happen without, uh, without a little bit of a conversation or without a little bit of a an argument or, or a negotiation. Yeah, what do you think is going through Avraham's mind uh, as soon as he hears that, that God is going to destroy these, these cities?
1: He's probably wondering, like,
0: why? I mean, I'm sure
1: God gave them a second chance or maybe even a hundredth chance. But Avraham's still, I mean, he's a good guy. So I'm sure he's like, why?
0: Right. And God says, actually, Avraham, you're you're sort of like my trusted partner here, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna I've made this special covenant with you. And so it's almost like I'm I'm trusting you. We're in this close relationship. So I'm telling you that the people in Sodom and Amara are being terribly wicked and I'm and I'm gonna destroy them. But I trust you with that information, so I'm telling you that. Yeah. Do you think that, that gives Avraham a little bit more confidence to be able to to almost stand up to God? Or do you think Avraham feels burdened by that kind of responsibility? Nobody we know have ever been in this situation. Not in this exact situation, but let's play this out a little bit. Have you ever been in a situation where you saw something happening or you heard that something was about to happen And you thought, that's not right. I need to say something about that.
1: I mean, I guess I saw kids were um, throwing, like, compost into the garbage just so that trash troopers who make sure that everything goes into the right spot just have to dig it up and get it. And, I mean, I guess I talked to my teacher, and it hasn't happened since the second
0: day. So that was... Good. It's a great story of you being uh, an upstander and not just a, a bystander watching something. And we talked about that before you talked with your with your teacher because you wondered, should I do something? Should I say something? And that actually reminds me in this story of Avraham. Like maybe Avraham wondered, should I stand up to God? Should I negotiate with God? I think this would be the right thing to do, but I don't know how I might be feeling about that.
1: Yeah, I wonder if he knew that Lot and his family were alive. I don't know, because if he did, then I don't think he wanted them to
0: get killed. Well, he he definitely didn't. But it wasn't just about it wasn't just about his family. I think Abraham is trying to figure out how to save this city, which is why he starts with fifty people and then. 45 and then 40 exactly 30, 20 10 stop exactly
1: we were somewhere and we learned that you have to if if you see your enemy um holding something that's too heavy and then you see your best friend holding something too heavy you have to go to your enemy and help them before you go to your best friend
0: and why do we need a rule about that to help everybody and not just you and your friends. Right. Say a little bit more about how you're making the connection between that and this story of Avraham. Because Avraham's
1: Abraham saying, like, even if these people who I have no idea who and, like, they're your, like, and God doesn't really like them, even though I have no clue who they are, can you still, like, save them?
0: Can you still save them? Right.
1: Even though Avraham probably has no clue who any of them are.
0: Are you surprised by the tone that Avraham uses to speak to God?
1: Yes, he's very calm.
0: I think. You think he's being calm? Yeah. Hmm. I read it a really different way. You do? I do. I read it as Avraham being—I imagine him almost enraged and— and kind of yelling at god far be it from you how dare you shall the judge of the earth the one who is the the true judge of all things are you not going to do something just and righteous you're supposed to be the example for all of us and instead of being the example you're going to you're going to not do something fair something just I mean, maybe
1: um, Abraham could be thinking that. But I'm sure that he was actually really calm with God. and Because I don't think he was yelling, how about 50? But like, uh, if there are 50
0: people,
1: instead of like, if there are 50
0: people,
1: will you save them?
0: So that's interesting. I think we're actually talking about two different two different pieces of this because I agree with you that actually in the negotiation part, I bet Avraham was very steady and very thoughtful about each of those pieces. Why? Because Avraham probably wanted to make sure that God was listening. And it's hard to listen. To someone who's yelling at you, right? Yes, I agree with
1: you for the far be from you, da da
0: da 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 da. I think that he'd be,
1: that Avraham would be yelling in that part, but then be calm during the how about 50, how about 45, how about 40, how about 30, how about 20, how about 10, then we stop.
0: I think what you're pointing out is that the way that we speak can change how we're heard. Yeah. If Avraham had been sort of antagonistic to God or yelling at God or with a particular tone of voice that made it really hard for God to listen, do you think that God would have said yes at each of the points along the negotiation? No. 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 What do you think Avraham's words can teach us about what it means to be part of the Jewish people? Right, we're all we're all descendants of Avraham, and he is pushing for this idea of justice, of fairness. So, what do you think his words teach us about what it means to be a part of the Jewish people?
1: That you don't have to be scared to do something, even I mean, you can be, like if you're facing a really big beast, but you don't have to be scared to talk with somebody that's either bigger, stronger, or older than you.
0: Right. If you have something that you want to say on behalf of people or that's trying to bring more justice and fairness into the world, even if the person that you're speaking to, like you're saying, is bigger or older or somehow you feel like almost untouchable, it's still worth conquering that fear and saying something. Yes. I think that's a great example. Wow, Ravi, I loved learning with you today. And we can talk more about the Parsha with the rest of our family over Shabbat. What do you think we should ask everyone at our Shabbat table?
1: How they would have handled the situation if they would have been yelling at God about having a certain number of people and not destroying the city, or if they would have been calm.
0: Nice. Thank you so much for being part of our
1: Torah time. Join us next week for Parshat Chaye Until next Torah time.